Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Oh, great. So so Andy's just bought into like, I'm a film school puppet. I will like what they tell me to like. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. This is another special edition of uh, the, the next real film board. And uh, this week we're talking about the uh, the uh, hit and uh, uh, PB uh, CBS after school special uh, forty two. <laughs> Hit it out of the park. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you did there. Nice. About the uh, about the brunette Jackie Robinson. Oh my god! Uh, and uh, joined, uh, we've got uh, Andy Nelson. Hello, sir. Hello. And we've got the handsome and rugged Mike Evans. Uh, greetings. Gosh, you just sound so good. <laughs> and Steve Very Sarmento, much. what what do, you, what do you bring to the table? Uh, sass. <laughs> sass. Oh, okay, I, I'll be sassy today. I'm sassy you Steve. Got, we've got sassy Steve Sarmento right here. And we were going to talk about this movie, 42. It just came out. I, I, uh, I, I think we can get in and out of here in the next couple of minutes. <laughs> it's a terrific, uh, um, good feel dream, baseball dreams movie. It's a okay. I, I can't. I want to. We're going to go around the table. I do want to start here. Uh, we, uh, you know, usually we have uh, also the uh, uh, fantastically talented Chad Stoops, the actor, and he can't be with us tonight for some uh, some reason. He wouldn't tell us. And uh, Tom Metz. And we did not get a report from Tom Metz, but I did get a text uh, from Chad that I I feel like it was you know it was a text right. That's on the record. Yeah, and, and he and I chatted earlier today, and yeah, I, I I think our chat was probably more substantial than your text. I, I then I would love to hear an echo. Here, this is his text. Um, got to be one of my all-time favorites. Enjoy. <laughs> that was the, that was the end. I mean, that was the end of it. it was a text. That was the end. All-time I like his Google uh, message better. What did he say? Oh, well, the was Google voicemail. Uh, you know, yeah. we should we should talk about that because uh, you're right. At one point, I think I heard a niner in there. Uh, I love I love Google voice transactions. Uh, I can't do it because he could actually parties, and that's up on. And if I'm going to message because it to you later today, before I got first part of Fire Orange yet, and I had to listen to my message, I apologize from Allie. Yeltsin, two, two, three. Okay, we'll talk later. <laughs> Sounds like a bad Japanese translation. Yeltsin two two three okay. <laughs> it's 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 really code. He's he's like a CIA spy, and this is right? you know, some covert plan that has just been set into action because he sent it to you. Let me just tell you, on the tech side of things, they're gonna kill reader, and uh, they're gonna leave junk like this in my junk it on my email box. Give me a freaking break. Google, yeah, mm. I don't wonder. Okay, so uh, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this movie. What do okay. we think of it? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right, do it. So uh, I'm jumping in because I know how Mike felt since he was he was uh, sending me messages mid movie, <laughs> letting me know. <laughs> Mike was mad. Oh, I, he was upset that he was sitting in the film. Chad and I, I think, uh, and I'll speak for Chad. Uh, because we did chat earlier, we felt pretty much the same. My first impression of the film, uh, what a find in Chadwick Boseman. I really enjoyed him. I really enjoyed his wife, played by Nicole Bahari. I think those two, um, if anything comes out of this film, it's just the fact that those two have kind of, you know, had a chance to get more presence in the in the screen because I really enjoyed both of them, I think. They both are mesmerizing to watch. And surprisingly, I enjoyed uh, the curmudgeon Harrison Ford quite a bit. I, I have had a real problem with him as of late. Probably like at least, what was the last movie I liked him in? Gosh, it was it was before the one he did with um, 
uh, Ellen DeGeneres's ex-wife. What was her name? I'm blanking. Oh, you're talking about that. What was that seven days? Seven, yeah, nights seven or days, whatever. Seven nights, yeah, whatever yeah. that. Seven yeah. days, seven. That was forever. It, it, it was like twenty years ago. It, I know, and it was before that. That was the last good Harrison Ford film. And it's Hayes. been a long time. And Hayes, yeah, nice. And Hayes. So you're basically saying the last time you enjoyed Harrison Ford was like Witness. Is that what you're saying? It was the eighties. <laughs> well, Air Force One. Actually, no. I take it back. What Lies Beneath was the last uh, Harrison Ford film. That's that, twelve years ago. That was. 13 years ago, 2000. <laughs> so it's been a long time. And then this film comes along. And at first I was just like, gosh, I, you know, it's it's a little strong. But then as he went along, I'm like, you know, I actually really enjoy his character. I enjoyed him quite a bit in this film. And I really enjoyed uh, Chadwick Boseman and Nicole Bahari. I thought they were great. Other than that, Angela and I looked at each other. My wife uh, looked at each other as soon as the movie was over. And I said, you know, I feel like I just watched a, a pretty good made-for-TV movie. She said, yeah, I felt the exact same thing. That's exactly what this was. It was made-for-TV movie level quality all the way through, despite having some great performances and, and a lot of really good uh, supporting performances. Christopher Maloney was great. I really liked Lucas Black, Alec, Alan Tudyk, uh, John C. McGinley, I thought, had a great little character. I enjoyed all of the performances. It's just the script and the story itself was just so made for TV movie. I That's, think you're being I think you're being generous on the script. Uh, no, it, it's 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 an interesting biopic. You get this sense of this person's life. It it feels like a made for TV movie. Everything I, about it just felt like something you'd see on the Lifetime channel. I, I agree with you completely, and that's and that's exactly what. So I, I said ABC after school special. That's but, what it was. ABC. But, but but life, you know, I've actually sort of that's lifetime. It's it's yeah. It's I've amended. I've actually amended my feeling to be more lifetime movie of the week. I, I think that's, I think that that was the level. And 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 when you say throughout, I, I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, the writing, the acting, the directing, the way the 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 um, cameras were set up, the way the shots were taken, uh, it was it was almost agonizing that, you know, it wasn't on broadcast television. And something that you would just you know watch. It was a feel good. It was a very very feel good movie. I felt throughout the whole thing, but it was it was very candy coated. I mean, there was no archival footage throughout any of the movie until the credits. Um, there was, which I think they had ample opportunity to do so. Uh, they they were none of the characters were deep. I think I think Harrison Ford's um, performance was. What it was because he was trying to, um, you know, be true to the person, the historical person, because uh, I felt I felt some of the dialogue and some of the, the ways that he was acting was almost felt a little const- little not Harrison Ford. I mean, I knew it was Harrison Ford. It was funny because I didn't know he was going to be in this movie going into it. He uh, uh, the first time he's on screen and he gives that little that little smirk. That Han Solo gives, it's like, oh, it's Harrison Ford, and and throughout the rest of the movie, it was like, you know, it's Harrison Ford, and he's doing a pretty good job of this. Of uh, I'm assuming trying to play this character a specific way, you know, the voice and the and the mannerisms and the and and the speech and such like that. And I and I felt that was almost the way on every one of the characters was. There there you know they weren't. This wasn't an adaptation. This was a you know, we're trying to paint everyone in the best light. 
everyone's going to be in the, this is a very, um, you know, a very nice, uh, shallow, very shallow, I guess I would say, uh, depiction of all the characters. And, 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 and I felt like, you know, I felt disappointed. I felt I, I was hitting there. I, I want, it was the baseball stuff wasn't that great. And the, and the dialogue stuff wasn't that great. And a lot of the characters were just, oh, we have to have a character say this here. And it felt like that. It was, it felt pretty obvious that it was, so I don't know if I'm being overly critical. Um, I think if it's a, if it's a movie theater quality, you know, out there in the theaters, it should be judged as such. And 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 I feel like it was kind of lacking a lot in a lot of ways. All right, Steve. So what I'm hearing is that none of you guys enjoyed this movie at all. I, that's not what I said. <clears throat> okay, because that's because I'm hearing things like that are thrown around in a derogatory way. Like, oh, it's an after-school special, so is that be a a negative thing? Or is it, this just seems not something you'd expect on the big screen? Because I'm just trying to judge. Yeah, that would be my, I mean, I'll be be honest with you. That that was my depiction. I mean, halfway through the movie, even before that, I'm sitting there. And, you know, I'm not not engaged by the movie at all. And and it's, 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 um... I felt I, I I'm I'm saying it in the sense that I did not enjoy it as as I think I should have a movie about Jackie Robinson, you know. So so you know everything being relative, you know it it didn't stretch it. It didn't it didn't really, in my opinion, explore anything. The 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 tough tough areas that it did explore, it didn't seem to explore them very, um, very you know probingly. It was it kept it very shallow. It kept it very candy coated, in my opinion. So yeah, I would say that I didn't enjoy it as much as I had hoped I would a movie like this. Mm, okay, I I enjoyed it, but it was definitely on that. I mean, that I mean that was the thing. It's just like my wife and I looked at each other. We're like, yeah, it, I mean, it was very enjoyable on that lifetime movie special sort of way. I'll go into that in a little bit more, but okay. let's hear. Let's yeah, hear no, because I my my reaction is still relatively fresh because I was at a four fifteen. Uh, screening of this film earlier today, so it's still rather fresh yeah. in my in my mind. Um, and I I enjoyed it, but I I had, I mean, when I walked out of there, I thought, well, this was a film that I could have easily brought brought my kids to. It's mm-hmm. sort of in that family friendly, and I, I see this as being one of those films that I imagine, you know, in as soon as it hits DVDs, there's going to be like you know history teachers are going to be like, oh, here's a great film that I can use to showcase, you know, you know, this era of American history. And it's great and safe and appropriate for the class for classroom use, Um, because it was it was I think it is that safe. It's it's tackling some issues that, you know, of racism, but it's handling in a very mild or safe way, uh, setting up some maybe easy bad guys in the in the film. I mean, it, it. the audience that I saw it with when it, it mentioned that, um, you know, Chapman was, you know, fired from being, you know, the manager and never managed again. There were like rounds of applause, right. you know, like, yeah, yeah, take that, you racist redneck. Um, so it it was something that it, I was listening to people on the way out and some people were like, so what do you think? Was this, you know, how does this compare to the natural? And the, when the gentleman said, oh, this is much better because it's a true story. And I thought, oh, oh OK. So I'm sort of like, okay, so if it's a true story, then automatically it's a better film in, in his book. But for me, I'm p- trying to measure it against those, and it, it sort of falls in the middle. It's enjoyable. I I agree that there were some performances in there that, 
you know, I, th I think our main characters, I thought as I tried to piece apart, pick apart the story, trying to figure out who who our characters are, who's our protagonist, what are they battling against? Because in the middle, it started to feel like it lost its direction. I'm like, well, where's this the going? It's sort of like, well, history is going to make us tell these parts of the story, but it didn't really pull me through. So it's it's sort of a, a mixed, you know, it's enjoyable, it's safe. I'd recommend it for families, but it's nothing that I think is going to be a long-lasting, uh, you know, classic baseball film, I, I don't think. Yes. I absolutely agree. I think I, I think you're right, and I I may be unreasonably harsh on this film, but it's because I think one you know I I feel sort of hurt, you know I take that sort of viewing experience pretty seriously because I was looking so forward to it. You know you know what I mean? Like it's sort of it, it just didn't meet my expectation, and so I'm going to go ahead and 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 be a little bit harsh. I think that all starts with Brian Helgeland. I um, you know I I like more of his movies than I don't. And my expectation with this one was um, was very high because I think the material is so strong. Uh, if you're, you know, when you end up tackling uh, a, a uh, you know, a, a character that is so powerful historically in, in terms of, uh, of relevance to today, to, to the way the sport, not only the way the sport has evolved, but the way, um, you know, but just dealing with racism in general in celebrity uh, and, and how you know, how these things sort of fuel one another. I think it's, it's just a very rich, um, uh, pool to, to draw from. And, and I don't, I just don't feel like he, he took any risks in this film. Uh, I feel like it was overall, uh, there, there was no kind of emotional, um, uh, build to it. I, I felt like it started uh, at, at the same level that it ended. I didn't, there, there was no, and, and what I want at the end of a baseball movie is the natural. I want lights shattering over the field. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like there, even some of the sequences that, that, that were more powerful than others were not like, I didn't get that emotional connection from them. And so I felt, you know, I felt a little bit betrayed by, by being in a theater, looking for that, that experience that I think is, you know, I mean, it's kind of low hanging fruit on the baseball time. I mean, it's just, it's, this is, this is, you know, we're, we're suckers for it, even if we don't, uh, love baseball, uh, you know, as a spectator, we're, we're, we generally are suckers for the movies and, uh, I feel like it missed the mark. I totally agree with Andy on, um, uh, Chadwick Boseman and Nicole Bihari. Um, I, uh, gosh, I was, was really just genuinely attracted to both of those people. Like I wanted to see more of them and I wanted to see them in more complex situations. And, and I felt like, uh, uh you know, I've, I've said this before. I, I, we were talking about this in our taxi driver thing, it, uh, a review just this week that, that it felt sort of like a dot to dot of, of events in, um, in, uh, you know, in this player's life, uh, okay. with very little sort of substantive connection. Um, and so it, it felt more like, uh, you know, we, we just watched our bodies ourselves and now we're going to watch this, uh, to we've dealt with biology and now we're going to deal with history of racism in baseball. And that's what we're going to do in the ninth grade. So well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I was, you know, I think the problem for me after looking at it, um, when we were, when we left the theater was just that, you know, okay, here, when you have a, a, a story in film, you need to have. Uh, 
a character who changes. It doesn't always have to be the protagonist, but there needs to be a character who changes. Right. Um, and I felt like neither the protagonist nor uh, what you would call the impact character, um, uh, Harrison Ford's character, um, Branch, uh, whatever his name is, Branch Rickey. Branch Rickey. Um, neither, like right from the start, they both were like steadfast, rock solid characters. They had their little conversations about the struggles they were going through, but neither of them ever changed. They remained the same through the whole film. The character who changed the most was Pee Wee Reese, Lucas Black's character, and his scene when he went up to uh, Jackie Robinson when they were playing in Cincinnati. I really liked that scene. I, I thought it was a solid scene. I really liked Pee Wee's uh, the the dialogue in that scene. I liked that the the exchange they had. I just felt like, gosh, you know, they should have developed Pee-wee as a as as more of an antagonistic character from the beginning, so that by the time we get to this point, we're now seeing this transformation really happening. It never happened. And because there was there was never really a big change in any of the characters, and that was what really uh I struggled with. Even the the manager of the team, not the manager, um, that was um Christopher Maloney and who had a great little little part in it, but the the um the coach of the team, and I'm blanking on his uh on his name right now, but whoever the coach was initially no, sorry, the coach it was the coach of the uh the Montreal team when he was with Montreal, who initially was um was kind of racist. He had the derogatory remarks. Um it's like as soon as as Branch Rickey had his conversation with him about straightening up, it's like, oh, okay. Then he straightened up, and that was it. There was no conflict. Yeah, exactly. That you... was that was the frustration I had with the whole film. Is like the conflict never developed into anything interesting, and we never saw the protagonist have to deal with the the conflict in a way that that felt like by the time we got to the climax of the film, which was, gosh, this pitcher pitching to him, it 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 felt it fell really flat. That that is it, you you couldn't have said it better. I mean, that's exactly what what my experience was with it. That I felt like it was just a series of elements that that did not um, that that really didn't allow you to build to that sort of emotional climax when you actually see that reward of transformation. I just didn't feel it. Well, because yeah. that's not the story that's really being told here. As I as I sort of thought about what was what's to be gained from watching this story. And I think this gets to the point of, I realize this is really about the collaboration between these two characters, Branch Rickey and Jackie Robinson, that the impact they were able to make was through both of them working together. It, you know, it's not, Oh, Jackie Robinson just often did this on his own. And it, he, you know, Branch Rickey needed a player that, that was going to be able to endure this trial but it was really a story of here's these two people who have this vision of the way they feel things should be. And by sheer force of will, they're going to just push that forward until, you know, society starts to accept it. And that to me was really what, you know, the, the transformation, I think you see that in, in Pee Wee's character is okay. We, we, we start to see that transition in some of the characters of accepting this and this, this team coming together, but I didn't get a sense of the team dynamic you don't, you know, you don't really see. You, you hardly get to know the team, right? I mean, there's a few little scenes, but you don't really get the sense of this drew the team together or really fragmented them. You've got a couple characters that, you know, it's let's use Pittsburgh as a punchline for a, a lame joke at the end. You know, we're going to transfer guys to Pittsburgh, but I thought this is really about a statement of a society that's going through a transformation, uh, and these two characters as being sort of the the catalyst for this to to occur, and it's. 
it's not really a sports story about overcoming great obstacles and odds and, and winning. It's about, you know, what legacy they were going to leave behind by these, you know, choices that they made to, to try to bring, you know, that. You know, what's funny about that though, Steve, is that I, and I think this, this may be why uh, another reason that, that, uh, sort of impacted my kind of inability to make that emotional connection with, with what these characters were doing is that it was not, it, it was so overtly driven, a, a market driven transformation. Right. I yeah. mean, this yeah. this was the reason Branch. I mean, he is the number of times he says we're bringing this black player here because there are a lot of uh, the, because black players uh, or black uh, the the black stadium attendees money is green. Right. right. That's we the, the all the money is green. And we know that there are black people who like baseball and we want to have those people there. And. Then we we get Jackie Robinson. He comes up and he says, "You know, I you give me a, a a you know baseball bat and a uniform, and I'll I will I'll do this. I I will do this because I you're right. I want to get paid." He says, "I want to get paid," and I think for me that when you when I want to see a baseball movie, I want to see kind of the the heart of baseball. And this is in counterpoint to Moneyball, which I think does an an, an interesting thing that. This was, you know, that was a movie about sort of the 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 kind of cold heart of statistics that ends up showing you where the heart of baseball actually is, wow. uh, and and so, I think this movie it sort of sucked that out of it. Well, there's exactly. there's no there's exactly. no so stakes here. A, yeah. So if, if you compare the two movies, you have a you have the Moneyball, which is about the cold analytics of baseball, and they and at the end of the movie, you you know, like you said, it's you find the heart of baseball, right? This. Effectively making a, a wonderful movie out of, you know, what you could argue is nothing, right? There, there's really no no appeal or or anything in you know numbers, right? This is one of the most important people in the history of baseball, one of the most um, important issues in the last hundred years, uh, you know, still by some accounts still occurring, and one of the most uh, powerful baseball stories that you could have. And they bleach it to nothing. They, I mean, literally, they take it and and just suck every little piece of 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 actual drama out of it. And it's effectively like those little those little science um, movies that your science teacher would show you in in seventh grade, where he'd just you know you would watch that for the whole thing and you learn about you know the sun or something. It's very bland and you know and you just sort of watch it and then oh okay yeah i'm done like you said before it, it just it, it, i think it's amazing how little um um uh, appeal and 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 enjoyment to a certain extent you got, you got out of the actual experience of the movie i mean by the end of it you, you didn't i didn't really understand anything different or anything more new about i mean i I'd never known branch ricky before so i think that was probably the best part of it and there was a point in the movie where he explained why he really was doing it, you know, all that stuff in the beginning of the movie was effectively just show, just you know, the the mechanisms of it. But you know, he he did sort of explain, you know, the, his heart piece, I and mean, that was the most, I think, the most compelling piece part of the whole movie was when he sort of, you know, actually had got emotional about it, and 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 I was drawn in. The rest of the movie was. was, was well, you're, flat. you're you're talking about when he's when he's visiting him in the uh, as he's getting his legs sewn up. 
Yeah, he he, no, he told me no, this no. story that happened forty years before. Yeah, and 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 uh, and why he's so driven, and you know why he's and and that's one thing to know about this thing is that is that you know what I get out of this movie. I'm not saying it's true or not, but what I get out of this movie is that uh, Branch Rickey is effectively the was the driving force behind everything in so much as he was actually driving Jackie Robinson and keeping him and holding him, uh, you know, sort of put kind of pushing him. In the sense of, you know, you can look at it as he was the one keeping Jackie Robinson in baseball in all manners of speaking, you know, financially and protecting and things like that. And and even motivationally, you know, at, at several points throughout the movie, he would he would basically, you know, warp in and, and give give a religious slash motivational speech and then, you know, warp out and Jackie Robinson, you know, c- carries on. Yeah. Well, I, I think the thing is that the one thing I didn't have a strong sense of is what any of these guys ha- were were risking, really, because it's like okay, Branch Rickey takes the chance on this this player, but if if it doesn't work out, okay, he'll find another one. So what what's what's you know what's the loss to him? Jackie Robinson. We I mean we get one little scene with like all these death threats and stuff. It's like and and that's used in the context of another character's you know. You know, with, with, yeah, another you character's know, transformation. Right? Transfer, transformation, not his. Like, oh my gosh, I'm, 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 I'm risking all the safety of my family by continuing to play. It's just like now he goes and he plays. And even the, that the last, you know, the last game we've got, you know, Branch Rickey in the empty stadium listening and like, you know, there's that's that big building. It's like, well, if they didn't win that game, what they didn't win the pennant, but okay what was what would have been lost then it was like well there's there's another year it's it's baseball there's another season there wasn't a sense of we have to do this or else the te- we're going to lose the team this is a tremendous failure there's what what has anybody got to lose and there's not a real strong sense of that because it's you know just it's moving along and it, there's not any sense of anything driving them forward to to force them to have to tackle these issues it's just you know Brian Tricky wants this to happen and okay but and I think that's part of the why it feels so, you know, I, I think bleached out. It's just, you know, there's there's no sense of struggle for but that, any of these and that, characters. And that's part of the issue I had with with. I mean, I enjoyed that that little mon or that you know conversation with Branch Ricky and and Jackie when Jackie's getting his legs sewn up about why Branch wanted to make this change. But but that's our first time ever getting any sense of that and from the beginning branch is all about it's all about the money it's all about the money you never i i I think that if if it was in the right hands they could have found a way to direct the film or write the film in a way where we get some sense that there's other motivation behind branch even though all he says it's you know he says it's about the money but we would understand oh maybe there's something more there and we don't really know what it is but there's something driving him other than money so that when that conversation happened, it would have meant more. Because what happened was I was just like, okay, well, it's a nice conversation. But it's like all these other conversations every time Branch Rickey walks into the room. Uh, as much as I enjoyed Harrison Ford playing the role, it's like every time he comes in, it's like, oh, it's time for another great little little bit of uh, you know power of persuasion monologuing that kind of kept happening every time he came in. And, and you know, it was nice, but it, it just kind of got a little... Okay, here it is again, and here it is again. Yeah, we got another speech by uh, Branch. So you know that was what was frustrating for me with uh, with that character is I just I just didn't get a a good sense of any growth. And going back to what I was saying earlier about how you need to have a character who we're really 
understanding how they grow and change over the course of the film. And, and there were characters who changed, but we never really followed them. And it's just like, we see change happen, but it's too late. Yeah. yeah I, well, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely bottom Pittsburgh? heavy. I'm sorry. Yeah, ahead, it Mike. is. What, 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 Mike? Sorry. You mean the ones that get sent to Pittsburgh? I mean, the, the, the only one, the only, the only characters no, no, no. Any, that any I saw. Of the yeah, well, you know, I mean, the characters who change. I'm saying, I'm saying, you right, know, right, that... we see Pee Wee change, <laughs> but we never, we never get to really get a good sense of his struggle okay. with that change, but, but right? Me... Except for the one scene when he's meeting with with Branch, and then he he kind of makes his mind up, and everything is is okay. good. Then, likewise, so... we see the the coach of the Montreal uh, team. We see right. a couple other players like that pitcher who wanted to be traded away because he didn't want to play with Jackie finally coming in and saying, you know, I don't want to be traded anymore. And you know, there's, there's those moments of change that we see in the characters, but we, we don't get enough of the actual struggle that they have to go right. through of that's, dealing with this. And so that's what I was, uh, the point I was trying to make uh, sarcastically though, is that the only, <laughs> How'd the only they go for you. Well, yeah, cause you do all apparently horribly, <laughs> but the, uh, the only characters that you see change are the ones that were effectively, the antagonists in, in the you know minor antagonists in the movie, and Which then is fine. and basically their their only change was uh, shipped off to Pittsburgh and quietly. You know, you no, know, no, the, no, 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 not true. But Pee Wee Reese wasn't wasn't an antagonist. He was he was the one who w wasn't going to sign the document. He's right. the one who who was a apathetic, uh, if you want to say he was a middle of the roader. Right? He had not he he had not established himself as an antagonist throughout the entire movie. And right. so, and so that at the end of the movie, when he he shows him because there's a the conflict in the city and and the in the history, he comes up and he makes a statement. The, the 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 path for his character to travel to that point is much smaller than it would have been if it had been one of the other characters that had been initially, um, you know, uh, antagonistic against him. You know, so e even the even the the redemption pieces in the in the in the movie weren't that far. You know, they they weren't that high. They didn't have to go that far to get there. No, right. I, I mean, I the, the player they get the pitcher that gets transferred to Pittsburgh. That would have been a more dramatic and dynamic, right. you know, transformation of. I mean, because it would it would have been great because it goes right back to the beginning because that's the that's the first you know sort sort of interaction is we get to see you know Jackie Robinson. He's you know it's it's spring training and it's like okay he's his first at bat and he's facing this pitcher. There's this rivalry there to see that work itself out. Now, I don't know how tied to history they felt, and that's always the risk of well, yeah. of this is, well, you can be true to the facts of what happened. That may not always be the best story to tell to get the point across. And that was the thing I wondered about, you know, why this story, why now? What is what is it that the filmmakers are trying to say? If if anything, you you know to to America as a as a society with this story, is there something we're supposed to take away from it, given what's going on in our country right now, or is it just here's a nice little historical thing? We like baseball, and here's an important figure that we shouldn't forget, and let's bring this back up for for generations that may not know who this person is. And I, that was the thing that I found really interesting in the beginning was this whole like narration and newsreel stuff at the beginning to sort of like, hey, for those of you that don't know anything about American history, here's what was going on in America at, at this time to just give this this background of everything, because you may not have a clue about what, you know, the whole, you know, World War Two and racism in America at the time.
which I found a little, I don't know, odd way to introduce the story with that just very direct exposition at us as opposed to weaving it into the characters, which may have given us a little bit more of that transformation to some of them. Well, I think, I think maybe the, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm the, uh, the, the strong, you know, voice on, 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 you know, maybe the down, you know, maybe I'm down in this movie a little bit, but it seemed like, you know, they didn't really write, this movie to, to to really transform or to to really explore anything. I mean, so for example, the, when you were saying that, the first thing I thought of is they're telling you what they want you to think. They're, they're, the movie writers are, are not bringing you along from one spot to another, and and you know telling a story and, and having you sort of transform your mental state with the movie. Right? They're saying this is what we want you to think right from the get go. You know, even even you know Branch Ricky's uh, character. The, the the first thing we see is he's making the decision to do this, and then we find out why, right? So so everything is sort of it's 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 very flat in in that sense. But they're saying this is what we want you to think. This is what what's going to happen. And look, nothing in the movie uh, really contradicts anything that we say. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I uh, I I think your yeah. I, I think for me your point is uh, it, it kind of comes home that uh, uh, you know when I look at a good at, at a great biopic I feel like it's a it's a film that that uh, contributes to the general sort of accepted body of knowledge and I I feel like this uh, this one comes out as as more of a, a high level summary of some things we already knew <laughs> uh, and it doesn't really take a stand in in any way shape or form uh, uh, apart from having these you know character actors parade around in in a suit of racism and uh, th- that's that's kind of where it hits for me i had the most trouble i think with harrison ford um <clears throat> and i i i don't know i i had to come home and do the math right because he harrison ford is 70 right now and branch ricky at the time was uh 67 so Harrison Ford is you know 3 years older than Branch Rickey would have or was when Harrison Ford's playing him and Harrison Ford still didn't feel old enough. It felt like he was he was playing, he was like putting on this character rather than like like it was forced, like he just wasn't quite right. And I, and you know what I wanted to see in this Branch Rickey character, if you look at him, I mean, and it's a, it's Edward G. Robinson. It's uh, it, you know, obviously we don't have the luxury of Edward G. Robinson, but but it just was not it. it I, I couldn't get over that. You know, I, I Mike, I think it was you mentioned the smirk. I could not get over the fact that this was Harrison Ford acting like a major, uh, you know, historical figure from the era, mm-hmm. um, and, and and I couldn't. I just. I couldn't get past it. And so I had real trouble with that. And, and I think it, for me, every time he paraded across uh, the screen, it sort of took away from the other characters that I thought were doing a, a, a good job. I, again, I've talked about uh, Chadwick Boseman. I felt very, uh, I, it was that same experience. The first time I saw, uh, I, I need the, uh, the pronunciation police. Chuetel Igeo4? Chuetel. Chuetel? Chuetel? Chuitel? Chuitel, uh, TF4, yeah. Look at you, show off. <laughs> uh, 
you know, the first time I saw that guy, I I thought there's a I can make a connection with with what he has done. I think the first thing I I you know what was the first thing I saw was the Serenity. Probably I I hadn't seen him before then, but since then, you know, just about everything I've seen him in. Uh, I have just really like he's a guy I want to continue to see grow and um, and uh, because he's just fantastic and now um, I, I feel the same way with Chadwick Boseman and and um, uh, Nicole uh, or I don't have it open what is her name anyway those are characters I think did a great job with uh, with uh, material I think that was not quite at their at their ability uh, I wanted I agree. Um, I, uh, I loved seeing, uh, T.R. Knight, uh, I, he, George O'Malley from Grey's Anatomy. If you've, if your spouses, was, was, if your spouses there was, there have gotten you addicted to that show, that's, yes. there's a couple, uh, Grey's Anatomy folks, James Pickens Jr. is in yep, it too. Yep. 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 Uh, and I don't watch the show, but, and yet, you know, even I knew, even you. <laughs> Even you knew. Uh, and uh, you've already mentioned John C. McGinley, I thought, was probably the highlight of the entire film for me. <laughs> he was he was fantastic. He is, uh, I thought he did the best job. I thought he did the, the best job of, of not feeling like it was somebody putting on somebody else's, like, suit. Yeah. You know, he, he, it, like, he, he sort of started doing his broadcast and, and his... Uh, the cadence to his his uh, speech was odd, and then once you realized, oh, that's right, okay, this is a, you, you know, yeah, he's calling the game. He's right, he's calling the game, and yeah, and you kind of look away and you listen. Okay, this is how people heard it on the radio, and and it made complete sense to to the the and then it, it, the couple times it went back to him, I, I was I was overly pleased. I was very happy. Everyone else who was playing a relatively known historical character felt like. Um, you know, and Harrison Ford's the, the most unfortunate, the un- most unfortunate one. Is that every time we go back, you're like, "This is so and so playing somebody," and it was it was front and center of the whole movie. But he, perfect. It was it was it was it was almost intoxicating. I think you guys are hard on Harrison. I I haven't liked him in so long, and maybe it's just because I've been wanting to like Harrison again, uh, and I really haven't liked him in, in way too long. I liked his his character of Brantricky. I enjoyed watching him as the character. Yeah. I didn't necessarily enjoy everything they did with the character, but I still enjoyed Harris. I enjoyed seeing Harrison seem like he's actually stretching for a change. I, I couldn't. I can't tell you because the problem is, is that once he did that smirk, and I think this was maybe what Pete was saying. Yeah, you lose once, it. You just you, lose it. You can't. Uh, I, you can't I never I ne- see him. I never had that problem. Oh, I, I saw I saw him. Oh, that's Han Solo talking about uh, what he did forty years ago in the in the minor leagues, and 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 the problem, you know, again, the problem with that is is I'm going to say mine. You know, I think he did. If if you actually looked at, I I, I don't have any base material to go off of of Branch Rickey, right? So I, I do have base material to go off of other possible historical players and and, and people and thing, but not him, right? So I I don't really know. Um, what he's supposed to look like, right? So that what I could feel like is he was doing a pretty dang bang up job of, 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 of being that character, right? It was just unfortunate that I could see Harrison Ford in it, behind it, behind it uh, the whole time, and and, and I'll say that that's my fault. It is. I'm guess, gonna I'm gonna say it's it's Mike's fault. I, right? I will. The too. way I feel about this film. So when I'm, you were watching uh, it, it was my fault too, right? Yeah, that's I was cursing <laughs> you the whole time. <laughs> 
Okay. I, I take that. I, I do. I'm going to say I I love Alan Tudyk as an action uh, as an actor. I think he's always fun to watch. This was the probably one of the hardest films to watch him in because he was so racist and and I, I will say those, those scenes <laughs> on the continuum he uh, was really this was he more was a super you know, racist. This was more than he was in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Did you Yes. <laughs> but, oh. I, but but the thing about it is I I I I enjoy the fact that he was uh you know up for playing a character like this cuz this is it's not an easy role to jump into being such a racist character but I, I thought he did a great job with it and I actually felt that those were strong scenes too the scenes that that involved him I thought they did a really good job of of showing how hard it must be to be a character or be a person like Jackie Robinson stuck in a situation like that where you have to deal with that well, well I, okay I so felt those were strong scenes more importantly and uh, what I thought was interesting is that okay so some of the pieces of the movie that that did work is that he's sitting there and it sort of gave you a literal field's eye view of what of what may have been going on during that time. The fact that everybody else was just letting this dude go off onto him, you know, all the umpires, uh, yeah, yeah. everyone else, the the people in the stands, let both sides, you know, literally just let this dude go off for was- innings at, at you know at a time. What I thought was amazing, and it literally, and put me into thing. Okay, that's completely different because you know that wouldn't happen today. They they wouldn't. They can't even get out of the dugout. Yeah. You know that that's not how they're not they're allowed to act in today's baseball. So you're like, so part of it's like, oh, there's so there's this little, you know, there's these the the high people, the people that we support, the the people that we're not liking like him, and then there's all the people that just kind of let it happen. Yeah. And and that's the part that I think was a little bit uh, unnerving more than anything is that everybody, even the umpires, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll let him. He's sitting right there, he's talking behind him, and he's for well, for the whole inning. There was that. See, there was that sequence that. when the when the uh, when you know he was playing in. Um, I don't remember where he was playing, but it, it was right after he uh, he hit that he scored that last point, and the sheriff comes out and says yep. he's going to arrest him, and that was I, I that was I thought a very strong scene. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it was one of those sort of dots, those events that I thought was really powerful. And, and I, you know, sort of, well, uh, and all of those fit together. Cause likewise, the same thing with the, with the, um, the umpires, I, I think the first base ump when he makes it to first, but the ump calls him out, you know, is the same situation. Right. And, and when you realize that everything is working against him, I mean, it, it really paints a very interesting picture of what it must have been like playing them uh unfortunately the the whole film didn't keep that vibe going i think it could have been a lot stronger and i guess that's where i i leave off yeah i uh love the poster well i the love this particular poster i just uh i just i i shared it with you this is the one from the uh the refinery which we've talked about on the show before the refinery has done um, uh, uh, what is the word? Ten godzillion posters for uh, everything, and uh, in this case, uh, I really—it's this—it's Jackie Robinson sliding into something, but uh, they've turned it on its side, and so it looks like he's falling through the dirt. It's just fantastic, uh, very dramatic poster work, and and so that I really liked. How's or that? jumping up in triumph? Yeah, or jumping up on a dirt wall. Yes, he that's could right. be. Yeah, that's what, that's what, I jump on dirt walls all the time. So, does nobody have a comment about uh, Andre Holland? 
I bet Steve no, does. Knows. I who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the IMDb. I, I didn't page. like. That's the only way. That's the I only way I know who his name is. That character drove me crazy the whole time. It drove me. He was the reporter. Wendell Smith. Oh, 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 oh okay. yeah. No, that that felt, was terrible. Yeah. Mm. That was, yeah, was that it, can was we talk about that just the, it was totally a TV movie character. Let's talk just yeah. just about yeah. that character and the service that that character and the continued sort of reportage voiceover yeah. uh, served the film. I I couldn't stand it. It was like that that was a I don't know, uh, it was a I, I thought it was a terrible choice. I tend to be fairly uh anti voiceover anyway, but this was just the epitome of of silliness. Well, yeah. it, it it started off with him narrating, so I thought, oh, okay, here's somebody that experienced it firsthand. We're gonna see it through through his lens. We're gonna we're gonna take this journey of sort of not Jackie Robinson's first person story, but here's this person that was there that was you know assigned to him, followed him through everything, and his take on that, and that just disappeared once we left yeah. Florida. He just vanishes for long periods of time, except to like sort of again pop in and say, you know, hey, you know, we got to see him slow or whatever the questions in the photo, and it's right. you know, and he's got to talk about, hey, I've got to carry, I have to carry my typewriter. It's just, yeah. hey, you know, give us per- some perspective. But I thought, what an interesting opportunity to take a certain approach to the story, because I thought, okay, who's this person that's that's telling us the story? They must have some reason for sharing this the story, his version of it, and it, it disappeared. Yeah, it disappeared right away. And it, right from the start, I wasn't interested in him anyway. I just felt like they they were forcing this character upon us who felt uh, just from his... Uh, and unfortunately, it's probably just really poor uh, narration, written, poorly written narration. Yeah. I just, uh, right from the start, I'm like, I'm already not interested in this guy. I'm not well, interested in who he uh, is, and I'm not interested in what he's bringing to the table. So the funny part was is that he was forced upon Jackie Robinson right. by... Grant Turkey. And so, but the funny thing was, is that halfway through the movie, I, so I was already, you know, again, me being hypercritical of the movie, all the characters, even the, even the actors that you guys enjoyed, uh, I felt had badly written parts, except for him. I felt he had the, he serviced his character. Uh, unfortunately, he serviced his character the best. Like he was the most believable. Um, I, I didn't see, you know, um, uh, acting or, or 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 directing or whatever errors in his character, his character he seemed to the actor seemed to fit the character the best. I'm not saying that I, that's a compliment, but uh, the character itself <laughs> didn't service didn't service film very well. But he he seemed to be the best. Best at playing a bad character. Exactly. Well, you know that's that's really that gets back to the question for me though, yeah. which is which is I I consider it a a script problem, right? I I I think that, and I'm I keep trying to think what. Was Helgeland doing there? What did he feel like we needed to know to be spoon-fed in the hands of this character? Right, right. That's what it was. There was a risk that he felt like he was ameliorating it some in some way that we wouldn't get it. Like we wouldn't understand that. Yeah, this country has had a problem with war and race and baseball. <laughs> we've we've yeah. been challenged by all these things and. It, is is it that uh you know is it just that that he didn't he felt like we needed a a setup and got kind of addicted to it uh through the course of the film or 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 did he really feel like there was some other function that was that needed to be surfaced by this character well i i feel like he when when uh wendell has his little 
final uh, or conversation midway through the film about, you know, you're not the only one who's suffering. We're all struggling to to find a way to make things better or whatever his little speech was. Mm-hmm. That was that was why I felt that his character was introduced. It's like it's not just about Jackie Robinson making a place for himself. It's about all of the all every one of these African Americans who's trying to break through in whatever field they're in, whether it's news reporting or sports reporting or or playing baseball. And they were all struggling and they all had their own issues that they had to deal with. That was really but but it only comes in at that one point in the film. And that's why I think it's a big failure on the part of the writer and the director, uh, one and the same, to actually tell that tell that character in a way that is functioning properly for the story. It, it's the same mechanism as uh, Branch Rickey warping in and giving him a uh, a Methodist re- reference to what he yeah. needs to do. I mean, it was the same thing. It's like okay, the char- like the character is getting um, depressed, and the, it's at a point where he might be losing his. Um, his will to stick to to keep fighting, zoop, warp in something to whether it be his family or his this Wendell character or the brand tricky owner, and you know make a couple comments. Oh, I'm back. You know, power back up. I'm ready to go and back out at it. It's like I think it was an appropriate um, statement. Like, yes, Jackie Robinson is not the only person who is dealing with this. I, I just felt that the way that they did it was very clumsy. It's, well, it's what almost... I mean, what I... Go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, what I'm hearing from everybody is that there was just way... I mean, if it comes down to story, there's way too much telling us what yeah. we're supposed to think or what these characters need to know as opposed to them showing it to have characters realize things. And it, it just popped into my head. We're talking about Branch Rickey. You know, but let's have him narrate a story about, look, I saw I saw some kids in the sandlot playing and here was a white kid pretending he was you. Okay, that's great information. Why didn't we see needs. that white kid pretending yes. he was it? Why didn't we that, see it? I, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. I think that's what, I, what I'm hearing is from a lot of these things, it's like, okay, instead of having Wendell explain. And he's gone. Yeah. You know, that this is. There he is. Oh, yeah. Who's gone? I, I'm here. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I hear you. On, okay. on my end, you had a. You had a, oh. like a five-second gap. Oh, oh, that's you. That's <laughs> that that's totally, just yeah, that's all that's all on you, Andy. You should check your you should check your computer. I, I, I think I was just abducted by aliens. That's, actually, no, no, no. <laughs> it's called Windows. I'm feeling it's a pain in a few interesting areas all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andy, uh, Andy is called Windows Eight. Yeah, but I think it was the it was the you know with Wendell, it's like he's we, since we're talking about him, he's there to just keep delivering this information to to Jackie Robinson that. That's why his character exists, because I have information that this character needs to know and the audience needs to know. And this is the only way that this writer found to to get it to us was let me just have this character spout this information because these people need it. And now the story can move forward. And I think that's sort of what I'm hearing from everybody is it's just too much telling us this information and it's not creating engaging dynamics between characters and moving the plot along. I, I wanted in that light, I, I think you're exactly right. And uh, I, I, I feel that way. Uh, and the problem that I think comes to this idea of complexity in terms of the number of characters that they introduce with a story to tell. And what I, th- I think the, the sort of journalistic narrator does a disservice 
to Jackie Robinson's wife. And I felt like she would have been a great vessel to really explore even more of these sort of I'm I'm a partner in this racism kind of storyline uh, than this kind of appendix or this sort of dramatic remora who was just kind of sucking on the storyline every time we turned around uh, in in not a terribly useful way. And and I think we, we could have... I could have used a, a, you know a lot more of of um, of the Robinson couple dealing with this together. I thought that was a that was a, a big point to me when he was rescued from the house that first uh, you know that second mm-hmm. night right after spring training yeah. and they start getting the death threats and so he says don't tell Jackie don't tell Jackie go just go go get him and take him drive him someplace else and so they do and. Uh, that was my branch, Ricky. You, you could have done that. I could have done that. I think you missed. That's okay. <laughs> you, we just have to you buzz your eyebrows joy. up a little yeah, more. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I was squinting. Is that not enough? I thought that's what I was supposed to. So, so then, you know, he tells him that, uh, you know, you're, you're, this is a death threat. <laughs> and and he, he laughs and kind of says, I thought you were going to cut me. Uh, and I know that the intention of that scene really is sort of, I, I kind of internalize the intention of that scene is to show just how strong Jackie Robinson is. At the same time, I think we miss the, uh, that comes at the expense of a, a place to demonstrate the struggle that they're, they're really going uh, through. Yeah. yeah I, I, I got that. It was a, that the, that getting kicked out of baseball would be a fate worse than death. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so I, it's yeah, like, I, he's like, okay, yeah, you know, you can, Kill me, but don't kick me out of don't baseball. Don't kick me out of baseball. But but then but remember, at every point in the movie, there are people having to warp in and push him to keep him in baseball. So, it. But yeah, it. it they, were they, there really? No, wait a minute. Were there really? I mean, I I get that there were people who were who who had that storyline, but yeah. I never once got the feeling that Jackie Robinson was going to quit baseball. I got the, cha- right, the feeling because, that he was really mad, but he yeah. didn't need those people. Like he was going to go back out there and play ball. He was a baseball player. No, actually, the overall impression I got was that without those people, he would have gotten very very angry and gotten himself tossed out of baseball. Yeah, well, that's that may be true. Because he has because even though it was never demonstrated, you know, he had an anger problem. Yeah, well, and that would have been a great character change to show in Jackie. We've got this problem in the in the beginning where he's got this anger that he has to deal with, and over the course so, of the film, he learns. Unfortunately, we right. never see it. We hear about exactly. it. Exactly. There's a perfect and it never example. comes up. Well, I didn't even see it as not doing it of, of well, not yeah. doing what they just sh- they should have okay so they showed scenes of him playing in in the Negro Leagues um, against you know against other players right and it would, to show that th- they showed how he does he steals his bases right and and yes they echo that throughout the movie several times but they could have done that with lots of other parts of this movie is actually acted them out rather than narrating them rather than having somebody come in and just say well, Jackie has an anger problem. You could have shown why. I mean, they're, they're, so they had these details. Um, they had a list of, of incidents, right, where, 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 that he had done in, in, in other, other po- uh, in the military and, and things like that, right? Well, I, he got I, a, I don't... He got I, a dishonorable I, discharge because well, uh, I mean, he wouldn't sit in the back of the bus. They well, okay, it's not an anger issue, though. It's a, it's a defiance issue. It's right. not an anger issue. It's, no, no, no. I mean, but the that's thing I got they... from the from the Negro Leagues game was 
don't tell me what I can't do. You well, tell me I'm not going to sell. I'm going to yeah. do it. You tell me I can't go in the bathroom. I'm going to do it because nobody tells me what I can't do. Nobody can set limits for me. And I'm going to sit in the front of the bus. I'm going to sit wherever I yeah. want because, and I, and that's where I was kind of always thinking, this isn't really an anger issue. It was more of he, we, he's this, this unknown uncontrollable. And if he's going to rock the boat too much, it's going to cause way too much trouble for us to handle. Well, and that's the point. I never once got the feeling like he was going to throw a punch at a guy, like even at its very worst, he went and, and, and broke a bat, but he got hit in the head with a pitch, knowing that the pitcher was willfully trying to do that. And he, he sat it out while the rest of the team fought. So here's a perfect example of, of, of the failure of the, of the imagination of this movie is that they're telling us things. He has an anger issue, right. right? But when we put the pieces together, it's not really an anger issue. If they had actually shown us the scene, shown us the, the, the expository scenes and said, and, and, in a way that we could have experienced them ourselves and come to our own conclusion, right. and, then, and then moved along as to those yes. are real issues and experienced them as they, as they, instead of being dictated them, that yes. would have been a much more uh, richer way of doing that than what they did because right now what we're saying is you know here we are basically there's no we have no investment in in the in the incidents because they're just you know spoken and then when the so we have no investment investment in the resolutions to those conflicts because again they're just you know there's there's no depth to it. Yep, yep, I'll buy that. I'm I'm totally agreeable tonight, Steve. What do you got? I'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh, let me see. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Costner is the greatest actor of all time. He's, there have been moments. <laughs> oh, I wow. can't. I cannot wait for Man of Steel, which I have not oh. seen yet. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull was a great movie. Sorry, you're not Steve. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, me... I think we're all just in agreement. This was sort of a. a, a I mean. A, a movie with potential. Middle. It's a movie with potential. It, it let us down. It didn't. It told us too much instead of showing us. It didn't take us on a journey. A story was told to us, and it was. It played it safe all around. Blah 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 blah. Yeltsin two thirty three. Okay, <laughs> that's it. I'll tell you the thing that I got out of this film is because of it. I learned that, uh, and I don't know how I didn't know this, but in nineteen fifty there was a movie made called the Jackie Robinson story with Jackie Robinson actually playing himself. And because of this movie, I now want to watch that movie. Yeah, that's the truth. Yes. That's, uh, that that's the, the palate cleanser. That could possibly be the most horrible or most damning um, way to review this movie. Is that because of this movie, <laughs> you would like to go see another movie named... <laughs> After the same, that covers the same area. That's right. That's that's bad. Well, okay. So, so Brian Hegland both directed and written it. Is it? Just, and he's he's written some other stuff. And Pete, Pete I got to disagree with you on Brian Hegland. He has done very few things that are any good. Ellen <laughs> Confidential I, is like the thing that he's done that's good. No, no, no. I I quite like Green Zone. I liked Payback. I liked Man on Fire quite no, a no, bit. He, I love Mystic uh, River. Like, come on, man. I mean, the guy back. is not a terrible writer. Generally, okay. he's no, no. Not, let's go back. Not John August. No, no, no. Let's go <laughs> oh, John August no. has a great blog. Let's look, <laughs> let's look at the stuff he's directed though, because he directed this one as well. Yeah, he's only he directed uh, he's only directed I mean, a handful of stuff. Five, I, the, he, uh, the, a Knight's Tale, The Order, Payback, 
went to a straight to video, a payback straight up. Payback straight, straight up was the director's right. cut, yeah. And and a, and a and a Tales of the Crypt episode. So it's like, you know, he and he hasn't uh, probably a real one in like ten years. The Order and Night's Tale, which was fine. So uh, a part of this, I think, was he's sort of eating his own lunch, right? I mean, he he wrote it and he's directing it, and he sort of he putting softballs up the whole time and, and didn't really, you know, make this, even if it was a well-written screenplay, which I don't know if it was, um, he, he didn't squeeze anything out of it or take it any place where it needed to go to tell a story. I mean, it was, I think it was just, it was just remarkably unimagined. Yeah, but was, you, so are you, you're saying that that's, that that's a result of him not being able to interpret his own script? No, I think well, you know, you have a screenwriter, and then a director can take it, can can often take it and and sort of squeeze more out of it than, than you can get. I, I don't I don't think he got anything out of the out of the actors and their characters. I don't think he, as the director, I don't think he directed it well. So if we if we, yeah, if, and I and I would I would say that the best movies that I think he's been involved in are not the movies he directed for sure. Right. Exactly. So I don't know if it's if it's an issue with. With the, I, I I don't want to attribute it to the script only. You know, I I want to say maybe it's a possibility that it's because he also directed it. That that the, is the real reason that this just felt so flat. Yeah. Well. I, I, I yeah. Could, yeah, but I could be wrong. No, I mean, I yeah, I I I think it was. I, I'm going to go ahead and lay on the on the script. I mean, I just I yeah. just feels like it was a, it was just sort of um, clumsy. To me, but. Yeah. But well, you know, I'm not going to disagree with that. No. All right, Andy, I'm sure you have one more thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> what? Right. What are you guys looking forward to this month? Uh, what's uh, anything uh, coming out? We're we're hitting into the season. Uh, what are you most excited about for the uh, for the month of uh, let's say April May? Come on, anybody's nobody's. That's total softball. Oh, it's no. it's tough to decide because we've got uh, we've got Star Trek. We've also got Now yes. You See Me coming up. Yes, yes. two very I'm excited nervous. films. I'm nervous to to mention Now You See Me after this movie, <laughs> and after our <laughs> our is, distinguished it's the film run, board curse. This is the film board curse that the second the next uh, the the most recent trailer of Now You See Me looks just terrific. Uh, makes me even oh, more see. excited it, about it. What, uh, well, I know Pete, you're excited about what Oblivion comes out in another. I am. I'm, I'm very much looking that, forward to Oblivion. See, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Andy, and I'll take Elysium over uh, Oblivion. Well, I'll take them both. I mean, come oh, on. why right. do why and, must why must and then just throw choose? Pacific Rim into the mix, and and you're you're happy, I'm sure. You know, I'll tell you another one. I think that's worth looking out for. I think this was one of Andy's trailer picks. Was Mud. I'm very much looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah, I think that one looks uh, uh, very exciting. With uh, I'm sure, what's his name will have his shirt off. McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> McConaughey. We can't forget Iron Man three opening right at the beginning of May. Nope, May yeah, May third, May third. That's going to be very exciting. Um, there is the Great Gatsby. Yes, uh, oh, this is good. This, this could stand up to I be just, a really good season. Yeah, I just I just reread that and I I'm quite looking forward to it. I I don't know if I'm looking forward to the Hangover Part three. Yeah. I am looking forward to Before Midnight. I, I enjoy I enjoy the, the, oh. the wait 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 which one is that Before, before Midnight, midnight it's from Before Sunrise Before Sunset the, the, now before the third midnight. in the series yes. oh 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 okay all right what about uh, what about this uh, Kiss of the Damned you know good. I just saw the trailer uh, I actually just saw Evil Dead and uh, saw the trailer for this for the first time and 
you know, Rob Zombie's films, I've only seen one of them, and it 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 put me in such a bad place that I have not seen any of his other films, and I definitely will not be seeing this one. <laughs> there, his films are really, truly just very horrifying. Well, okay. Yeah. The line must be drawn here. <laughs> I will say that I just saw a uh, the trailer in the movie... Um, uh, in 42, I saw a trailer for Rush, which I had not seen. Yeah, right. I and, yeah. And I thought that was, uh, I, I don't know where that one's going to go, but that one looked a little bit interesting because uh, you know, I'm a, a, a go-faster-car type fan, and that looked kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I actually I'm, I had not seen that one either. It looks really good. Tr- another true story. Um, it's got to be better than Ron Howard's last film. <laughs> Wow! Oh, how the so mighty have just, fallen. Silence. He, he got, <laughs> did, yeah. did everybody cross themselves like I did? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Andy. Give it. Give us a pitch. No, it just looked horrible. Well, I, I think the. I mean, the sign of where Ron Howard's career is going is that I've I've just been seeing a lot of stuff on the internet about you know willow you know back on dvd and everything like we're we're having to go back to willow to try to you know <laughs> get interested in his his film career again really that's wow okay I, you know the dilemma aside from looking like a terrible film just got so much uh bad publicity because of the trailer problems that they had i uh, you know i never was interested in the film to begin with and uh, the trailer obviously didn't sell me on it you know, I don't know. I just, I, I hope he can find a way to do something good again because it's been, it's been quite a while as far as I'm concerned. Actually, Frost Nixon's. I'll, I'll give him Frost Nixon from uh, five years ago. Oh, that's a good point. You know, that's a, that's that's even a sleeper in my own collection. I enjoy that whenever I watch it. Yeah. Um, as kind of overwrought and inflated as it is. But then, um, you know, I, it would have to go all the way back to Apollo 13 for me to really enjoy. Yeah. Some well, I tell you, I am interested in. Uh, and I think it's now on video on demand, upstream color. Cause I think on the fifth, it was just in release in New York, but I think you can now purchase. Yeah, you can, I- digital. Can you iTunes it? I think you can iTunes it. Or if you want your money to go straight to the filmmaker, uh, Shane Kruth, I believe set up his, uh, on his, the film's website, you can purchase straight from him, the film on a digital version. And then it's got the soundtrack and, and all that stuff. So that's one that I'm strongly considering just, purchasing from there because i don't know when or if it's going to come to to town yeah uh, the the uh, you can pre-order it on may 7th on itunes uh, okay. if it's on caruth's website uh, now i uh, i don't know but uh, okay may well, and, 7th. Speak, and speaking of that didn't um uh terrence malick's new film to the wonder yes that just also... opened today and came out digitally today as well yes, or yesterday did. yesterday which is yeah. surprising but yeah. uh, nice to see that that they were moving in that direction with it. So there were a bunch of, of movies last week that we have talked about and have opened. I mean, we talked about, uh, it's a disaster. I didn't, I, I haven't caught that yet, but that's high on my list. We need to, need to go that didn't open that. yet. Did it? Yeah. It opened on, uh, April 12th. No, did it really? Hmm. Hmm. Huh. I guess you're typing uh, to check. I hope your computer holds up <laughs> under the screen. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh, you know, I I was thinking of um, oh, I totally was oh. a different disaster. Oh, I was thinking of the uh, oh, oh yeah. guys. No, I'm thinking of the one with um all the stars playing well, James Franco. Themselves. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. 
No, we've never talked about it, and nor will oh, we. And this so, this segment will be redacted. No, no, no. So did you see? Did you see that the the, the um, uh, trailer for that one for the James? It's at James Franco's house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's why there's hand. all that garbage that exactly. was on in their neighbor's yard. <laughs> that's, that's why all the neighbors are mad because he actually was filming. He was filming a movie, <laughs> <laughs> and it was and it was loud, and he was destroying a bunch of things and making trash. So, so <laughs> when you look at the trailer, you're like. Yeah, I'd be pissed if that was in the front yard too. <laughs> it's in the service of art, neighbor. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, okay. Well, I got nothing else. You guys have anything else? What do you? Well, let's nothing? let's flick chart it. Oh God! Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. This will be, this will right. be quick. Oh, uh, here's a great baseball one. Forty-two or the Sandlot. Oh, Sandlot. Yep. Yeah. Everybody's going there. Do we 40... really need to flick chart it? Yes. <laughs> Forty-two or the parallax view. Parallax, parallax view. view. Forty-two or major league. We got a nice bit of baseball stuff. Oh, major, yeah. league? Major, major league. league. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Forty-two. Pritzy's honor. Oh, Pritzy's honor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. honor. Yeah. yeah. Forty-two or strange days. Oh. I, I'm gonna say strange days only for the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because I can I can imagine forty two. Uh, because because I any I if I could yeah. just cut all the bits out of Chadwick Boseman and uh Nicole uh Bahari, I would just be happy watching those two. I, so I it's actually a relative comparison because the credits on Strange Days aren't nearly as long as Nicole Bahari and Chad Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I I have I have to agree with forty it's one that I could see, although there are, are issues, it's not one that it's one like I said, could put on, and the family would be around. And, exactly, yeah. and it's it's a fine, safe film, and it it the story moves along, and we can nitpick, but it's it, there's nothing objectionable, or it, it's nothing that I would hate to be you know forced to watch again. It's it's, it's enjoyable, just flawed. So forty two, my vote, okay. Mike. It's all on you. Forty. <laughs> What what's the, what are the options again? <laughs> Forty-two are strange days. There are only two, Mike. I know, I know. I'm gonna say strange days. Oh wow! So we're now at a tie. So I so based on decider. Here's the problem because Tom would definitely choose strange days, and Chad would definitely choose forty-two. But we know Chad saw it. We don't know if Tom saw it. So we have oh, to go with Chad's vote. Okay. So, all right, right. That's right. We do. Way to go, besides, Tom. Besides, I'm pushing the button, so. <laughs> See? Whoops. 40, 42 or the fifth element? I knew it was coming down to this. <laughs> fifth element. Fifth element. Oh, uh, I... Uh, no, no, I want to hear what Andy says. Andy, what do you... <laughs> I don't know. I, I have such a hard time stomaching the fifth element. I don't know. I might pick 42, actually. I think no, I, I think that I knew you were going to pick forty because you really—I mean—you have some a real visceral hate of Fifth Element. I, I think just, you said you might pick forty-two. What are you actually? It's going like to it's like looking at a garbage can full of of uh, used wrappers of forty-two party, DVDs. Birthday party wrappings is what it is. It's <laughs> really pretty to look at, but it's just a bunch of scraps. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to support Andy on that because I, although I, I have a love-hate relationship with the Fifth Element. I just there's some great parts, but there are other things that just are painful. And most of I, I'm 42. Yes. Are you guys Oops. kidding me? 
most oh, of it. No. Oh, oh my lord. Uh, I just it's uh, the fifth album, it's just Chris Rock just grates on me yeah. so much. I hear Whereas you. there was nothing that really There's nothing that grates on you in 42. Exactly. Exactly. So you'd rather have oh my lord. You'd rather uh, have middle of the road versus highs and lows. Come on, Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> yeah. You got to you got to look at just uh, Mila. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Sure. Yeah. Mila. No. Yeah. My vote stands. Fifth element. Resident Evil. (laughs) That's my vote. (laughs) Re rank. (laughs) All right. That was good. So we're doing. What's our number? Yeah. Where does that put us? Uh, Wait, wait. 42 or Alien Resurrection. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) So it's like flip charts. Again, I'm going 42. It's like flip charts adapted. It's, it's, flick it's charts a, adapted. It's like, it's like those are too easy. I'm going to give you some harder choices. Uh, that's right. Alien resurrection. Come I'm on. Say alien resurrection. It's forty. It's forty-two because it's you, you can, guys got to pick forty-two. No, I like the alien resurrection better than forty-two. Oh wow! Yeah, Pete, it's all on you now. <laughs> Pete, it doesn't matter where you vote. He's going to vote whatever he wants anyway. Yeah, I know. You know, you know, yeah, Windows eight is taking over. I think it's I I really I mean I genuinely have have trouble with this because I I I may not like it as much as a of uh, the other alien movies that Jean Pierre Jeunet twist, but uh but it's it's less. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go with forty two on this one. All right, oh. all right, that's crazy. Seventy nine out of eighty three. <laughs> what's what's below it? Alien Resurrection, The Fifth Element, Strange Days, and Rush. Rush has yet to be beaten. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that it's, is, it's that is the, yeah, it's the low, the lowest of the low bar. Oh, you know, Pete, you just jinxed it. You know what's going to end up below it? Now you, now see, you see me. me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see uh, to see where the crown grows. That that was when the show was called uh, Movies We Like, and I think Andy and I were not as hard on that movie as we could have been had the mo- had the show not been called Movies We Like. <laughs> Right. If we re-reviewed it now, it would, it would, it would. I think we would well, be more, more honest. But at least it couldn't get any lower than it is. No, the only so. thing that stands is its flick chart ranking. That's right. <laughs> I I hate that movie more today than I did the day we reviewed it. Yeah, probably true. <laughs> uh, good talk, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, uh, everybody who is listening uh, to the show, we encourage you to stick around. The next movie we are doing uh, as a group is going to be. Andy, is it? Now you see me? Isn't that what we decided? Yeah. No, I just mean there's nothing between now and then, right? No, no, no. That's that's our May review, which actually will end up recording June 1st. Right. Because it opens May 31st. All right. So we sneak out of one that way. So so we have a good month of May of some good movies, and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about on June 1st with uh, uh, Now You See Me. And that'll be right in the middle of a of a series I'm really, really excited about. Absolutely. Uh, and so, good. Uh, closing comments? Andy, anything? I, I think I said all my you closing comments. You said all comments, Steve, anything? Yeah, I, I, that's no Mike. use beating a dead horse. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> I hear there's a Mike, dead horse. I hear Steve has a horse. dead horse you can beat. <laughs> <laughs> I would enjoy that more than this film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, everybody. You can find the film board at thenextreel.com, and uh, you can see the movies that all of us have... have uh, uh, gathered to 
to uh, really the really a list of really horrible movies that we all have been really lucky enough to talk about. <laughs> uh, so you should check us out over there. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe to the show, and you'll catch uh, Andy and I every week doing the uh, the next real podcast. And then once a month, we'll get the film board together, and you can hear the likes of Steve and Mike and Chad and Tom and more of me and Andy. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook where we've got some great uh, great links and resources over there. So like us at facebook.com slash the next reel. And uh, if you are head over to iTunes, subscribe to us and we sure would love your reviews and comments. Uh, those stars help other people find the show. Absolutely. Other people who are interested in movies. And we like them to find the show. You're here. All right. I'm gonna go to, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. All right. See you later. Here on the film board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Eggers' tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grand's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories. And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. TheNextReel.com slash originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to TheNextReel.com slash originals and get your next read today. (laughs) 